Welcome to the Encompassing Podcast, a show where two lifelong friends talk about things that lifelong friends talk about. Uh, I'm Barrett. I'm Pearson. And well, this is the Encompassing Podcast. It's something that we've uh, we've tried to do before, didn't really work out. This is our second attempt at it, and uh, hopefully it goes a little better this time. So it was a little inevitable that we would try to make something media-based like a podcast, given the history of, of how we became friends, what we did as friends as kids. Uh, we've done things like uh, make a tiny reality television show at our school versus making uh, little videos in the woods behind your house, yeah. uh, other things like that. Yeah. So I figured we'd uh, we'd start by giving a little history of the things that we've done to lead us to this point. Yeah, I mean, we started, like Barrett was saying, we started early. Third grade, I think, was probably the first time we were doing something like, I mean, not, no camera, right? We were sitting in the long lunch table in our elementary school, and we were using our friends' lunchboxes, the camera. But we were hosting our own talk show with the teacher called uh the brainless buds was that it started off as the idiot show mm -hmm. and we weren't allowed to say we weren't our teacher told us that we weren't allowed to call ourselves idiots mm -hmm. so we changed it to the brainless buds as brainless per her buds. request yep and so we would do that and we would talk to her and we talked to friends and uh had a song had a whole song and did that <laughs> and later what i mean we 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 made uh hunger games videos like we were in the hunger games edited movies together um call of duty in real life was something i'm pretty sure do you I wish that? I saw. Uh, yeah there was this like uh we had my old ipod touch that we record a lot of these on uh which i still have it's it's broken but if i were to ever be able to recover that there's some there's some great videos of us just out in the woods and uh your little brother star or like hosted a lot of that and uh he would usually be the bad guy just so we could beat the crap out of him yeah of course of course and uh much like i i think one of my favorite memories of like being at your house like jumping on the trampoline and we would we would tell him that we were gonna make him a man mm-hmm as an excuse to just just beat him up <laughs> yeah yeah and now he is uh he is working on cars and making a lot more money than the both of us so we might have been doing something right i guess yeah i mean maybe maybe all that training worked <laughs> i mean that that trampoline was the big staple of uh of my childhood mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't know how the springs didn't fall off with how often that we were just throwing each other around playing uh throw up ball throw up ball was fun rock wars was fun rock um, wars was fun i don't i don't quite remember like the rules of throw up ball all i remember is there was a ball and there was just another excuse to just hit each other yeah i mean you were trying to keep the ball on the trampoline more or less but then there were rules we did that all throughout uh you and me and and involved my younger brother ray making up games <laughs> we've done that our entire life and uh played Beyblades, but we played it on the trampoline um i remember that the springs have popped off now i was my brother was jumping like a year ago and springs started popping and flying and so 
trampoline's been condemned but uh yeah that that was the childhood i think that's those are the fondest memories yeah that was pretty uh those, those times were pretty fun but now we're here uh the encompassing podcast we you know we'll, we'll talk about anything uh most importantly you know what's been going on in your life recently and work man work in school um just finished up my finals this last week uh got graduating spring of 2024 with my bachelor's and so i'll be excited to be done with that but uh these next few semesters i have a lot lighter load than i have been taking so that's nice but yeah just finished up finals and um did pretty good in all my classes my one blow off class i made a b in so i should have i guess tried a little bit harder it wasn't as blow off as i thought it was but it's fine yeah that's school and work man yeah, you? It, uh well i've just i drive a lot for uh you know my girlfriend travels for work i travel with her uh so i i drive a lot so i have a lot of time to listen to like uh different podcasts different youtube videos or whatever i've been really into into true crime recently more okay. specifically uh jack the ripper because, you were telling me about this right 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 and so we you went on the jack the ripper tour with us in london Yes, I did. I, I remember that. It was cold, and I don't remember much from the Jack the Ripper tour. I remember the one the one thing, like I remember they were showing a picture on the side of a building or something. She had a little like thing where she could sh- project on the side of a building. I remember seeing like this dead girl or whatever. That's all oh, I remember. That sounds awful. I don't remember <laughs> that at all. But I remember thinking during that, I was uh, – I think I even asked the tour guide, but she like they kind of blew it off. And I, I've been looking like online to see if anybody else also had this theory, but but nobody seems to have this theory. Um, but me and my girlfriend were talking about it. And what if what if Jack the Ripper was a policeman? It would almost make sense <clears throat> because the big thing that they tell you is on the night that there were two murders in the same night the route that he had to have taken from the first woman to the second woman would have directly crossed between the lines of where there were groups of policemen. Mm -hmm. So they would have to be somebody that could go past policemen unnoticed. And a lot of people would, would assume that it was someone like a butcher who could go by policemen with blood on their hands unnoticed but there are a few things that that he could have done right he would have had blood on him he would have had you know this it's hard to get off you can't just wash blood off very well it's sticky um what year was jack the ripper again like what century was this 1200 1300s or is it soon more recent it was a little more recent than that. Um, I, I, I'd have to, I'd have to read on the exact time date. I'm gonna look it but, up real quick because I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, it's hard to get blood off nowadays, and so okay, 1888 to 1891. Right. I'm gonna share this so you can see this. Yeah. So he. Uh, so it's, it's more recent, but. It's still like if it's hard to get blood off nowadays, then it's definitely going to be hard to get it off in 
you know, the late 19th century. Right. So as you can see, like even in the picture that you're showing me right now, that was when one person, their account said that they had seen Jack the Ripper with a large coat, perhaps that could be covering a police uniform. Something, something that could be put over a police uniform to keep from getting blood on it. If you were to be able to, you know, to ditch that fast, um, police officers then had to, had to wear gloves. And I believe if I, if I'm not incorrect, they were, they were longer gloves, like gloves that went up to like mid arm. So let's say, you know, Jack the Ripper was digging in body cavities, their hand, like his hands are covered with blood. Boy, I mean, what's the best way? If you can't wash it off, you cover it. You cover it with gloves, something like that. You know, you walk past another police officer dressed the same as you. You can't see any visible blood. And it's, you know, it's dark anyways. So, and uh, we, we, we kind of like developed that theory that maybe Jack the Ripper was a police officer. Maybe he, you know, he could go through unnoticed. Um, there, there was one other guy who was a Spanish handwriting expert that the, the lead detective on the case, his handwriting matches Jack the Ripper's is what, is what this guy says. He wrote a book about it. Um, he believes that the lead investigator on this case could have been Jack the Ripper. Um, the timeline seems to match up. He, when this guy came to White Castle was was around the time that the murder started and he was deployed after the last murder and there were no more you know canonical murders at that point so you know a lot of people have uh, uh, have speculated that it was like a working class man but it might have been, you know, it might have been a police officer. It might have been, it might have been the lead guy uh, ahead of the investigation. He seems to have, uh, you know, he seems to have gone unchecked as far as those things. But, you know, police officers at that time, they had, they had, one, they had police surgeons. They had police officers that were, that were okay, you know, to, to perform surgery and had anatomical knowledge at that point, which a lot of people say that Jack the Ripper must have had and able to dismember his, his victims in the way that he did. How so much I guess, anatomical knowledge was there in 1881, 1890? Well, I, would, I would assume there was enough to, to remove organs like he did. You know, he removed a kidney. He removed uh, one of the women's wombs. Yeah. And so I, that was just, that's just my little piece on, uh, on who I would, I would think was Jack the Ripper because I've always had the, the theory that he might've been a police officer. No, I mean, it makes sense. You're talking about like easiest way to cover up, easiest way to go through police lines It uh, you know, it's the whole, <laughs> I, I, I thought about it. One of the reasons I want to look at the time is because all I could think about was the Sherlock episode where it's like, who can hunt in a crowd and can get through unseen. And it was like, Oh, it's a taxi driver. Right. Right. Um, they just make, they just make it through someone to blend in like that. 
um, police officer, I guess, blends in. Like, you know, especially in police lines, like he, he looks like everybody else. And if you were to, you know, if you were to be a murderer that was also a police officer at those times, you could get away with having, you know, a little bit of blood on you. And they, mm-hmm. they saw these murders a lot, and especially in the White Castle part of, uh, of England, as it was, you know, full of violence and prostitutes and things like that you would know if you were one of the people that was, that would be patrolling white castle enough. Um, you would, you would see, you know, you would know where the police go in white castle and the, the routes he, that they take. He killed, he killed prostitutes. Is that what it was? It, it was all prostitutes. At, at least the five that are, they're called the canonical five, the five that we know that he did. So I mean, I mean this is this is late nineteen century. How much police involvement is there normally in the death of a prostitute in the late eighteen hundreds? It seems weird that they that this. I mean, this this case has gotten obviously big, and part of it's the mystery I think behind it. But right. I mean, I feel like you read a lot about like they didn't care, like they just don't, you know. So what? Right, and at this point, as far as you know, we know today. That, that sadly in this society, if, if a homeless person is to be killed mm-hmm. versus you know, a business executive, they'll probably investigate the business executive more. But back then, you know, it wasn't as widely known, but someone that would know a good bit about how much they would investigate the death of a prostitute is a police officer. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that was just my little... That my little two cents. I've been I've been looking at stuff like that and stuff like the Black Dahlia. Uh, there's a lot of <clears throat> unsolved cases that have gone that have gone solved recently. Um, the Boy in the Box was one where there was this young about four year old boy uh, found in a junkyard dead in a box, and they used uh, they used some new DNA technique <clears throat> to find the guy's name and uh, find the kid's name and that he now has living relatives. Um, they found the Somerton man, which was a <clears throat> man that was found dead on the beach, just laying down with no signs of, you know, murder or anything, but there were like all the tags were taken off his clothes. There were notes in his bag that were that indicated that he was involved in in a little more than just dying on a beach you know mm-hmm. they found out who he was and so uh yeah i've been a little interested in that recently but uh my girlfriend loves those true crime well and and she's like she likes the ones to where it's the unsolved ones i mean kind of like what you're talking about and I, I can't, I can't. Like, can we turn that off? I don't want to hear about the people that are still out there. At least give me a true crime to where they catch the guy. And I know that I don't have to worry about him showing up or her right. showing up at my window tonight, you know, but. Right. <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ones like that, uh, that they do, you know, and I'm, I find myself more particular to the ones that happened, you know, in the 18th century mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the the lost colony of roanoke 
is one that I really enjoy. That one's really interesting. It's just, you know, it, all, all, you know, you, you leave and, and this entire colony disappears with no trace other than the word carved into the, uh, the log, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really, I mean, there's so many theories about, like, you know, they either they could have just died or they could have just moved, you know, to mainland America and, and it's all that. But it still feels weird. Again, I mean, this is before any type of mass transportation or any type of technology or anything like that. Like, how do you how do you just disappear with no trace, no dead bodies, no graves, no nothing? Right. I believe the word was Croatoan, Mm -hmm. um, which they, you know, they've looked into, but they can't trace these people's genealogy down at all. They haven't found bodies. So it's weird that they've all mysteriously disappeared. Of course. Um, there's a few, uh, there's a few that I have seen that are, that are a little more recent. They also, they creep me out. There's one yeah. that, that they were talking about, like that happened in 2014. And it was this guy that was just like watching a house. Um, and he kept writing notes to the, <clears throat> to the people that lived in that house and telling them like, you know, I, I see the names of your children. I like the young blood coming through the halls. Like I hear them. I know their names. And these people are like, you know, what's happening? And they, they still don't have any leads on that case, but that I think were, they moved out. That reminds me of talking about childhood and stuff, you know, the creepy pastas that we used to look at and read the different stories, you know, um, smile dog. What was <laughs> the one that I think I remember the most still like gives me chills like i heard you but it still gives me chills every time i think about it and smile dog was was crazy i think that was the one that gave me the most nightmares Mm -hmm. because when you bring something from you know a scary story into real life it gives you more of like a it, it gives you some of it gives you a little more fright because you know the story is like oh this this boy found this picture of a dog and then he got haunted and murdered oh also here's that picture that he saw oh gosh those are scary and it it almost reminds me of uh i don't know if you ever read these but they were they were in our elementary school library and middle school library the scary stories to tell in the dark i feel like i did but i don't you know again that's not my I've never been that scary guy. I don't want to go to the horror movies with y'all. I don't. That's not my deal. I'd rather sit here. And I can handle horror movies actually better as long as it's like demons and ghosts and stuff like that, which I do believe are real. But I don't fear as much as like psychopaths because psychopaths are all around you. Sociopaths are all around you. Yeah, it, it, it's those things are are creepy to me. I, I feel like I could actually do psychopaths better than I could do you know, like, like ghosts and stuff like that, because I can shoot a psychopath. Uh, (laughs) You can, you can kill a psychopath, but uh, obviously there's, there's extenuating circumstances to that. But as far as like the, the scary stories and telling the dark, they made a, they ended up making a movie about it, but it was these, these stories and they weren't necessarily all like always scary. Like it would be like, but the way that they were written, were the ones that were the way that you were creeped out by it. There was one called Oh Susanna and it was this college girl and she came home and her, 
um, and her roommate, she heard humming Oh Susanna and she kept going like, cut it out, cut it out, like stop, stop, stop. And eventually, you know, she stopped humming and went to sleep. And when she woke up, her roommate was dead and on the wall was painted Oh Susanna with her blood. So it wasn't exactly creepy, you know, how she died. It was creepy knowing that whatever killed her was in the, was in the room when that happened. It was just the way, and the pictures were the scariest part about it. The pictures that were written with every story mm-hmm. were so creepy. Like I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at the books right here. You could see this, right? I'm looking yeah. at the books. This picture right <laughs> here is giving me nightmares already. Now, this isn't from a book. This is probably from the movie or something. Right. That's from the movie, but that's based on one of the pictures that was in the book. I don't ever want to see that again. I'm going to actually exit out of that. <laughs> yeah. No, those like there were some that were that were so incredibly creepy about that. And I read those. And I remember one night I, I was thinking about one so hard. And it's always the ones like as a kid, when you get scared, it's always the ones that don't make sense to be scared about that you get scared of. I think the one that I got scared of was called like the Wendingo. And it was this guy that just got picked up by the wind and carried away. And I was in my house and I like, I literally had to sleep in the living room beside my parents' door because I was so scared of it. And it like, I couldn't sleep that night. I remember sleeping in the living room at your house whenever you would fall asleep and I would have nowhere to be. And so I'd go into the living room and sleep. But I felt like there were always blankets during the day, but never blankets at night. You know, that whole like meme about, you know, when you're at your friend's house, literally slept under paper towels one night, I feel like. Like yeah. I remember like sleeping under clothes and paper towels and a couch cushion <laughs> and all to just try it. But yeah, scary stories, not my deal. Not, but I'm glad you figured out who Jack the Ripper is. He's been dead for a really long time. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, as long as he's been dead for a really long time, we don't have to worry about it. We can we can ponder on it, and uh, you know, yeah. maybe eventually technology will be able to to figure out how that who that is. But uh, you know, moving into into the present, uh, what's been going on, you know, around the world that you feel like you want to talk about? Well, I mean, uh, we talked a little bit briefly the other day um, about Brittany Griner being released, right? I think that's the big headline story right now. You know, uh, WNBA star got arrested for carrying what? What? What, she, what was exactly was she carrying? I, I think it was only CBD, but that's what I thought. I couldn't. I couldn't be sure about you know what exactly it uh, it was. All I know is that yes, it was illegal where she was. Um, may not have been illegal, you know, here, but when you go to a foreign country, you know. The, you got to be really on edge, even when you go to a, you know, a foreign country like we went to London. Mm-hmm. Um, even when you go to somewhere where it's not as always, uh, it, they're not they're not very hostile towards your country. It's kind of scary because you're like, you know, what kind of laws am I breaking here that I don't know that that I've broken? And so that I mean, so she, you know, she got caught with this hashish oil, and uh, she pled guilty. Because she's like, I did it. I just didn't know the law. And I'm asking for a little bit of grace here. And they imprisoned her anyways. Um, you know, classic Russia. 
And then she, we, Biden and, and his administration are working to secure her release and uh, finally did that in a prisoner exchange. And it's caused like this big controversy, right? Um, right. I, I put a caveat there that some people are blowing things out of proportion, but um, they, they swapped um, Brittany Griner, an American civilian citizen, right, for this Russian arms dealer. And so the question was, should we have released this Russian arms dealer for this WNBA star? You know, what what kind of terrible things can this guy do? And then what made it bigger is uh, former President Trump and, and a lot of um, conservative uh, media talking about the Marine. Whelan? Is it Whelan? Right. I, I believe so who's still imprisoned in Russia on espionage charges and all this. Um, something that like, just as a heads up, like we're not gonna get too deep into politics. Uh, but I think that we're generally pretty good about the nuances of situations. Right. And seeing and, and not sticking to a party line, but understanding there's nuance in everything. Right. And, and I think that <clears throat> without, uh, without being political, you can still, understand that you know if i'm charging you 50 dollars for a fun a fun size snicker bar how much am i going to charge you for a king size snicker bar you know espionage is, is quite the different crime than you know carrying cbd or hashish oil or whatever she was carrying so if they're asking for this this arms dealer for you know Brittany Griner it, it, it's different yeah it's gonna be a lot more and, and so I, I was reading an article I want to say it was Wall Street Journal could have been CNN um that was talking I mean they they tried to secure that um release of the former marine um but they the Russia wanted one of their generals that was imprisoned in Germany for life for murder release in a prisoner swap and Germany and U S weren't willing to do that. And so uh, they were only, but it, so it wasn't like that, you know, the American government was sitting back and being like, well, we don't care about the Marine. You know, it's like, like you said, like they wanted a much higher price. They got that price and um, we're, we weren't willing to pay it because it was so, and it's funny because we're, you hear all these people talking about how bad the merchant of death, that was the name of the Russian prisoner. You know, that was his nickname. Um, this Russian arms dealer, how bad he was. But then they, if we had secured the release of the former Marine, we would release someone a million times worse. Um, that would have been able to easily plug back into the um, Russian government and Russian military and do dastardly things. Right. It's also, I mean, talking to my dad about it. And it's also, an, I mean, you want to still have empathy, but there's an inherent risk when you join the military and you know you're taking on that risk. Right. Being a civilian overseas, you do not necessarily um, sign up for that same risk factor. And so you expect your government to have your back. And they did in this case. And uh, Brittany's home. So that's, I mean, that's good news. I'll see how you can yeah. see it any other way. Yeah, I mean, human life is is valuable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anytime something good happens for human life, you know, we should be, you know, we should be celebrating. So, 
you know, without getting too far into that, you know, what else is, uh, what else has been going on news wise? Uh, yesterday, um, yesterday evening or so early yesterday, we, we got word that, um, Mike Leach, who is the head football coach at Mississippi state, um, has been around for a long time, uh, was coach at Washington state for a really long time, a very, um, big on the internet because he's a very funny, can be a very funny guy and uh, has some great sound bites. And so the internet has loved Mike Leach for a long time. He had a heart episode. Um, we weren't exactly sure what it was from all the Twitter reports. And then um, found out that whatever the episode was caused lack of blood to his brain for or oxygen to his brain for like 10 to 15 minutes. And he was effectively brain dead. And so Mississippi state um, and the family, released a statement after he passed that he was able to do one last act of charity and able to donate his organs. So, so that was kind of a, um, something that the family was able to do is he was an organ donor. And so they were able to donate those organs, but he passed away 61 or yeah. Cause 1961 is when he was born. So they put him around 61, but so kind of shocked that whole world, you know, the whole, you, you puts things into perspective sometimes, right. It's like, right. you never know what can happen. Um, you don't expect someone that's hauling butt up and down the sidelines, hollering at kids and then cracking jokes with reporters for a month later for him to be dead. You know, right. I just don't expect that to happen. And, you know, it, obviously our condolences go out to, you know, his family and everybody. Uh, it's a sad thing. It really is. It, it you know, it brings a lot of things to, into perspective. Um, it, it, it takes a different look at how you look at these things, how you look at people um, in positions of, you know, power and maybe not, you know, a football coach is not, you know, as in a position of power as like a president is, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you know, some people don't need to, not don't need, but some people you know, that we look at, you know, as, as essentially, you know, gods, not, not in the sense of like uh, religious worship, but we look at these people, we put them up on a high pedestal. We, we center our lives around some of these people as humanity. And uh, it puts us in perspective that these, these kind of people are just that they're just people. And in the South, especially, I mean, college football coaches in the South, I mean, oh. Mike Leach was one of the two highest paid state employees in the state of Mississippi. It's him and Lane Kiffin. Like, those are the two highest paid employees in the state. Like, that's what college football looks like in the South is, uh, you know, Nick Saban has long been the highest paid employee for the state of Alabama because it's a right. state university and he's making millions of dollars to right. not even make the college football playoffs this year. So, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that that's sort of a segue into into things happening in in sports world, uh, particularly football. I look at uh, I look at football a lot more than I look at other sports. But you know, um, I believe last night was the Patriots versus the Cardinals. Yeah, Patriots and Cardinals played on Monday night and saw like so many injuries, right? Um, Third play from scrimmage, Kyler Murray goes down, something with his knee, non-contact injury. Um, uh -huh. Didn't Ramondre Stevenson go down? Yeah, uh, you know what's funny? 
I had both of those players on my fantasy team. You and uh, I was, uh, I was too, I, I literally, I think I needed something like, like 10, 15, 20 points to win uh, my week. And both of those players going down, obviously, you know, injuries are not good. But I was, you know, I was sitting there in a little bit of pain thinking that I had that game won. And obviously I didn't. Well, but. and because of the Kyler Murray injury, James Conner got tons of more touches. Um, and I was playing against James Conner in fantasy. James oh. Conner and Hunter Henry um, were the two that, and as long as they didn't score like tw- um, 26, 27 points and I had it in the bag, they scored like 28. And I lost by one point. Um, wow. Already a miserable season for both of us in that fantasy league. Like right. bottom of the barrel between the two of us. I have beaten you. Um, I got, I mean, I'm, I'm one game ahead of you, so I'm trying right. to just not be last place. <laughs> but what's so upsetting is like the last three weeks I've had chances to win. The last four weeks I've had chances to win. I've won like one game. And right. it's like, I finally got a team together. And then Debo went down. Debo's on my team and he's been one of the people that's actually helped me make this little small comeback. And I don't know. You hate to see people go down with injuries, but it also, you hate to see your fantasy team lose. Right. I feel like I usually do pretty good in fantasy. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm usually pretty high up there. And this year it's just been, whew. My other two leagues I'm in, well, the other league that we're in, the Dynasty League, um, I'm doing pretty well. I think I'm like second place uh, in the league. And uh, then my other league, I am one away from the playoffs. Uh, so I need someone to lose. Um, I need some help there. Or I got to score like 100 more points than him this week, which I don't see happening. Um, because he has the tiebreaker, so but yeah, oh, Patriots wow. Cardinals played and Patriots ended up winning, made a comeback, right? So, uh, if you'll pull up the the games that we have this week, all right, uh, let's see if we can see if we can do some predictions on on this week. That'll be week fifteen. Yeah. Now, I, I have to warn you, I did predictions with two of our friends uh, last year, and I was uh, about 60% accurate. So, you know, that's uh, if that scares you at all. We did uh, – I did predictions last year, I think, with my roommates. You did. You did. I remember that, actually. Uh, we ended up – we said – we didn't – check as far as like how many we got right over the season we just said if anyone get ever gets any or like all of them right in a single week uh the other two people have to buy them a lobster dinner uh luckily nobody got it all right do you like lobster i don't but it's it's a symbol <laughs> of, uh, it's a symbol of being you know like it's a lot of money it was at, yeah. at our local at our local restaurant it, i think it was like like 45 bucks yeah it's like i i beat you and i don't like this cockroach of the sea but you have to buy it for me anyways and watch me not eat it because it's right not good so um, game? 49er seahawks all right um, i'll let you go all right um i i think the 49ers on a roll really um, Brock Purdy, come on, that's that's you know Mister Irrelevant coming in and just, I mean, absolutely blowing the top off that stadium, you know, with his with his performance. 
are we sure Brock Purdy's going to be able to play this week? Because he injured his oblique in his last game, and uh, I, I'm not sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Debo's going to possibly return in the regular season, but I didn't uh, – I haven't actually looked on Brock Purdy to see what he was going to do. But, yeah, so Brock Purdy may not play. But no matter if Brock Purdy plays or not, I uh, definitely think that the Seahawks – I mean, the Seahawks are also on a roll. I mean, somehow Geno Smith is having the season of his life after, like, seven years as a backup. Um, I like the Seahawks defense. I think they're good. Um, and except for last week when I put them in my fantasy game and they let the Panthers run all over them. All right. So, you know, that's just how that works. But in Seattle on a Thursday night, Seahawks got it. Seahawks have to win that, right? Right. I, I do. Yeah, I'll probably take the Seahawks uh, knowing, you know, how beat up that team is right there. And then uh, the Colts and the Vikings after that, I don't think anybody's doubting how this game is going to go. I'm a Colts fan, and I, I don't even know if I'm going to turn on the game to watch us get absolutely massacred. Um, if they would have put us in prime time, maybe we would have won. Well, yeah, because Kirk Cousins can't play in prime time. Prime time. Right. And, but, uh, yeah, the Vikings – and. Did what happened this last week? The Vikings ran into a little bit of a problem with the Lions, so they have to be bounced back. They're not going to lose to the Lions, and then the Colts—they're not. They don't want that storyline. They're looking to lock up the NFC North with a win this week, and so they're going to beat the Colts. Yeah, Colts looking to uh, looking to play Matt Ryan. Not really any changes, so I, I don't see anything going different for them as they've recently done. Just injuries and just failing to produce on on what they need to do it's just not going to happen this week how's JT's season going overall I mean is he still I mean I know he's had, he's had injuries this season uh he had a few injuries earlier in the season but I think the big problem right now is the Colts O-line the O-line is the thing that really needs to be looked at as far as um you know things that are needed to improve obviously a quarterback is needed but if you look at the games that the Colts have played this season, the games where their O-line was doing well, two things happened. Matt Ryan was able to complete passes, and we won games. And Jonathan Taylor was able to pull off some, some runs. <clears throat> so, I mean, you can't play without no line. <clears throat> and, of course, um, you know, a quarterback would be nice, but O-line really needs to be looked at um, because our best player can produce when our O-line is producing. All right, so let's run through this early set of games real quick. Let's uh, – well, no, those are the three Saturday games. Oh, so nice. the Colts are – they are getting national coverage. Um, so you have a chance. Kirk Cousins may choke. Um, Ravens-Browns also play on Saturday. Um, I think Tyler Huntley's playing. I don't think Lamar Jackson's playing, which is big, right? Yeah. The Browns this last week did uh, not great against the Bengals, but I do think that Deshaun Watson started to get a feel for it, um, right. a feel for the game back. I and mean, he hasn't played in, what, like a year and a half over? Right. Um, so I, I 
I don't want to say that the Ravens will lose, but I do know with Lamar Jackson out, with that Browns defense, and Deshaun Watson coming back into form, like you could be looking at a at a Browns win in Cleveland. Uh yeah, I, I agree. I think I think I'm looking at a Browns win. Dolphins Bills, that's the headline game, right? That's that's the big one. Um AFC East. The Dolphins have uh Struggle. They struggled this last week. They lost to. Uh, I mean, they didn't struggle. Well, Tua struggled. I'll say that. Let me let me word it that way. Tua struggled. Um, team did all right, but they lost to the Chargers. Right. And so I don't. I feel like they're looking to come back. Um, I, I don't know. The Bills just beat the Jets. The Bills are looking to try and secure the AFC East. I don't think they can clinch this week, but they'll get really darn close if they deal the Dolphins, who they're real contender in that division, um, another loss. So you got to go with Josh Allen, right? You got to. I was thinking the same thing. Josh Allen, he's good there. I think they are the most solid team in football. They may not be the best every week, but you, you expect a certain level of production from them and, and they usually produce. And I'll say this between the two of them, like, if it was played in South Florida, it's played in Buffalo. If it was played in South Florida, I'd be going Dolphins. Like, I love Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's a fantastic receiving duo. Um, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson haven't been as great the last two weeks as we expect them to be. Um, and two has had a struggle, but I think they'll be fine. Right. And, Eagles, and, Bears, and, is that even worth, like is, – Is Justin Fields playing? Does it matter? Honestly, where the, where they play? They're playing in the Chicago. Um, I, I I just it says uh, that the Eagles loom is a monumental test for Justin Fields, so I assume that means he's playing. Right now, cool. the Eagles are the Eagles are crazy good this year, and all year I've been watching the Eagles. And all year, I've, I've had these feelings about certain teams. Like, the Washington game against the Eagles, the day before, I said, I'm having a bad feeling about the Eagles facing Washington, mm-hmm. and they lost. And I think the Bears are not so good, and my, my intuition is telling me that the Eagles are going to win but I'm feeling the Bears in my soul. I'm feeling the Bears. So well, that's that's my uh, that's my my upset game. You're wrong. The Eagles are winning. <laughs> the Eagles have already you, you brought it up, and that's my point exactly. The Eagles have already ran into their trap game. They already got beat by the Commanders, right? That was their trap game. That was the one that like, oh, we're gonna win this, and they ran into the buzzsaw of Tyler Henneke, um, who went on a th- three game great streak. You know, um, the Commanders can't figure out what they're doing. Poor, poor Carson Wentz and Ron Vera, but um, the Eagles are going to win that game. They're going to run all over him. AJ Brown is going to score me some fantasy points, and um, uh, Jalen Hurst is going to secure his MVP bid. I think this right. week in Chicago on that terrible field at Soldier Field. Whew. Yeah, um, and then Lions Jets. Uh, I don't think there's any any like super big headlines about this, but uh, I'm I think I'm going Lions. I think the biggest headline is, if I'm not mistaken, that I mean the Lions start out terrible. They start out like one and six, and then I'm pretty sure since then they're like 
six and one. They have been on a heater as of recent, and I, I wouldn't count the Lions out exactly. And so I actually against the Jets, who have been struggling, you got Michael, you know, you got some trouble at quarterback, you had to take Zach Wilson out. You got Mike White in. Um let's let's go Lions. I'm gonna go Lions in New York. I'll go Lions because I, like I said, I think that um the Lions are on a heater, that they've completely turned their season around. And Dan Campbell doing a good job. Jared Goff's actually showing signs of what we thought he could be. The offense is clicking. But more importantly, the Lions defense has been able to see some good, solid play. That was what's struggling. Um, so I'm going to go Lions. I'm going to go Lions. Um, and so, I have to agree. So you're you, you're going to go Lions? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Lions. All right. This uh, is, as a Falcons fan – I would love for the Steelers to beat the Panthers. I would love for them to. As a Mike Tomlin fan, I would love for the Steelers to beat the Panthers. I have no faith in either one of those teams right now, Steelers or the Panthers. They both have disappointed me week in and week out. Right. I, I feel like this is our this is our coin flip game of the week. For sure. And uh, I, I think I'm going to go Panthers. I have no confidence in that pick. I think the Panthers played too well against the Seahawks this last week, and they are not going to play as well against the Steelers. The Steelers have very poor defense. Uh, well, a very poor secondary. They got a decent defensive line. Minka Fitzpatrick is the only thing worth mentioning in their secondary, and but I don't believe in the Panthers' passing attack to be able to exploit that. Um, and so I'll go Steelers. I think Najee Harris is going to have a great game. He's going to score me some fantasy points. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the season on a, on a good high between Najee and AJ Brown. So this is this is a game that I think is gonna be pretty easy. Um, Chiefs at Texans. Yeah, I I think I think this is pretty easy. Chiefs are gonna are gonna go out there and dominate. Uh, who did the Texans beat? I did. They, if I'm not mistaken, they won last week. Um, the Texans did not win last week. Oh no, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, there was some there was some headline with them. The Texans got close. I mean, they were 27 ah, 23 yeah. against the Cowboys. It was there was a comeback. That's what it was. Yeah. So um you saw the Cowboys defense was not infallible. Um that they gave some points to the Texans and the offense didn't do great. But I mean the Chiefs also very interesting. The Chiefs defense allowed 28 points to the Broncos, who as someone that has Brandon McManus, which is the Broncos kicker, like that's all they do is kick field goals. Russell Wilson could not get the ball in the end zone. Jerry Judy scored twice. Like either the Broncos offense is figuring it out this week, this last week, or the Chiefs defense is awful and uh, the Texans will have a chance to score some more points. I do think the Chiefs win. Like there's no way the Chiefs don't win. Yeah, I agree. Uh and then after Chiefs Texans, we'll go Falcons Saints. Falcons at the Saints. Um, Falcons are going to win. Um, Mariota sidelined. Desmond Ritter's coming in. My Falcons. I, I believed in Mariota, but it's time for him to sit this one out. Uh-huh. Um, we should have beat the Saints early in the season. We allowed like a fourteen point comeback in this in the fourth quarter. It was uh, pretty bad. And we're going to go down to New Orleans. We want to take care of business. Uh, I would love to believe in the Falcons. Um, I think I'm going the Saints. 
You wouldn't love to believe them too much. I mean, the Saints, I, I would like to point this out to you. The Saints have had an equally terrible season. They're four nine to five and eight. I don't believe in Andy Dalton. And I believe in my Falcons that they can make something happen. I believe in Arthur Smith. Let me change that. Right. Uh Cowboys Jaguars. The Jaguars this last week. Was it this last week that they beat the Ravens? No, it was the week before they beat the Ravens and then they beat the Titans. Jaguars are figuring stuff out on offense. Cowboys defense showed some signs of um infallibility or, or fallibility error. Right. So who do you got? Cowboys or Jaguars? I think I'm going Jaguars here. I think the Cowboys have had a great season, but but I mean Trevor Lawrence is is heating things up. Their defense is going great. I've been, uh, I'm, I'm in a subreddit with a bunch of Jaguars fans, and I'm looking at how they're approaching this game. They're, uh, they seem to be, to be pretty confident that they can at least have a shot here, and uh, I think that they will. I'm calling Jaguars here. I think that uh, that Cowboys secondary is good. It's good. Um, Micah. And then that, yeah, that front line, I mean, that front seven is nasty. Travis Etienne, I'm going to bench him this week. He's not going to score any points. Um, right. the, I think the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys win. I think they stop Jaguars in their tracks. I think the Ravens and Titans were struggling more than the Cowboys are. And so the Jaguars right. caught them at a good time. But Cowboys, I'll go Cowboys over your Jaguars. Right. Cardinals at Broncos. This is an easy one for me. It's an easy one for you? Uh, Kyler's out. Exactly. And we're, I mean, we're, we're not, I don't think anybody, Kyler's a big playmaker on that team. And yes, they have some good players, but at the end of the day, like you, you need, their team needs Kyler to, to function, you know, to, to create you know, productivity. Um, and so I think I'm going to go Broncos. I'm going to go Broncos. I mean, and I think that Colt McCoy can do a good job. I think that um, Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury's had some deficits, some drama, some struggles working together. But I think the Broncos figuring it out last week against right. a pretty solid Chiefs defense, um, I think is big. I think the Broncos pulled this one out. I think Nathaniel Hackett saves his job over these last three weeks, and right. uh, they'll roll into next season ready to go. Next game, uh, Patriots at the Raiders. Patriots are vying for a wild card spot. It's them, the Chargers, and the – who's the other team down there at the bottom of the AFC? The Isn't Jets. The, the Jets. It's the Jets. Not the bottom, but in, in that third, that last wild card spot, it's the right. Jets, the Patriots, and the Chargers. And I think the Patriots really want it, but they have to go to Oakland to win, and Oakland's had a very disappointing season with a very talented team. I think the Patriots do it this week. I'm, uh, you know, I believe in Belichick. I believe that he'll go in and he'll uh, he'll do what needs to be done. They actually stayed in California or out west, at least. They went ahead after their game last night against Arizona. They went ahead and flew to uh, Las Vegas, and they're going to stay there for the week and practice there, um, rather than fly all the way back to New England and all the way back. So. I think the Patriots do it as well. I think I think I, I believe in the Raiders so much, and they always disappoint me. Devontae Adams has a great game. Josh Jacobs has a great game, but the Raiders defense, like they did this last week, um, gives it up, gives it up, and loses the game. Titans and Chargers. I know you don't want the Titans to win just because out of spite, 
but who do you think's got this? Titans lost last week to the Jaguars. I don't I don't hate the Titans, but I think Justin Herbert is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, I think Justin Herbert can get it done this week. I think uh, the Titans fall. I think Derrick Henry, I think they're, they're going to stop Derrick Henry, you know, short of, short of his normal production. And I think the Chargers will take it. I disagree with you um, about Derrick Henry's production at least. The Chargers have been unable to stop any team all season on defense, and I right. don't suspect that to start with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry fumbled the ball this last week. Oh, my goodness. And so I don't expect him to do that again. I expect him to have a great game. Problem is the that receiving core of the Titans is a struggle. But then again, I don't believe in the Chargers' defense. And so I do think, like you said, Justin Herbert is a good uh, – one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Um, young quarterbacks at least and I love Austin Eckler Mike Williams is back Keenan Allen is back they're you know they're playing with Joshua Palmer and Gerald Everett I mean the whole team on offense looks and so I think you're right I think the Chargers do win I will say Derrick Henry does have a game though they do make it close I can see that I think I think it's hard to stop Derrick Henry whoever you are especially being the being the Chargers defense who hasn't had very good you know stoppage but uh, yeah, I say Chargers and then uh, Bengals, Buccaneers. Bengals, easy, get out of the way. The Bucks are going to yeah. lose. They can't do anything. They've been in by the injury bug. Uh, Tom Brady's out. He's going to play for another team. Another team next season. Um, he's not retiring. End of story. What you got? Yeah, I mean that's that's easy. Bengals take it. Giants, Commanders, another just coin flip game. I don't well. No, Giants are doing pretty good this year. Yeah, the Giants started out really good. I will say that after starting out really good, they started out six and one. The last six games, they were one, four, and one. Yeah, um, I, they I ran just, into a little bit of a of a stall. Um, the Commanders have been iffy all season. I think the Giants mm. win. I think the Giants win. I think Brian Dable gets the gets the train back on track. He's vying for the NFC East. Um, right. and I think, I think, well, not the NFC East, the Eagles are going to run away with that. He's vying for a wild card spot and, uh, I think the Giants win. Yeah. I think I'll call the Giants too. I think it was funny that, that my automatic brain response was the Giants suck. Oh, <laughs> um, I just I got a notification. Uh, Kiku Kuti for the Colts has, uh, been cut to make room for a former Bills receiver. Who? Hey. Do you know? Uh, Kuki, uh, Kiki Kuti is our uh, – let me see. Who's the former Bills Steve receiver? Man. The starting QB for the Commanders is going to be probably Taylor Heineke, um, I think. And so, if Taylor Heineke is playing, say, if you check it out, I just can't. Gotcha. Um, I think if Taylor Heineke plays here, I do. This is prime time. This is Sunday night football. Taylor right. Heineke is loved prime time. So I do think it's a chance. They're both seven, five, and one. 
it's it, I think it'll be a very interesting game between Giants and Commanders. I do I, I'm gonna say Giants win, but I do I mean if Commanders win, don't hold it against me, you know. Yeah, I, I'll call Giants as well. And then uh, our final game on Monday between the Rams and the Packers. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, I think that that, uh, that would have looked like a super exciting Monday night you know, football game. game. Yeah. Uh, this year, both teams have just failed to meet expectations. A lot of injuries on the Rams. Cooper Cup out. Um Matt Stafford out among, I mean, Daryl Henderson trade to the Jaguars, Cam Akers struggled at start of the season, just a lot of injuries surrounding the Rams on defense and on offense. Um, The Packers have just been underwhelming. And I will say it again and again to the guy that we're in fantasy with as a Packers fan, that when you pay your quarterback upwards of 40, $50 million, then you don't have any money to spend on weapons. And they didn't. They had no receivers. Christian Watson's come out and started playing decent, but I, I think Baker Mayfield's going to go home with this game. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, do you think? I, uh, <clears throat> you think you think Baker Mayfield's going to get it? I mean, I, I believe in Sean. I don't know. It's Green Bay at night in December, so it's hard to go against Aaron Rodgers. But I think that the lack of ability to game plan for Mayfield in that offense, an offense that he hasn't ran a lot of, right. then um, will work to their advantage. I don't know. I'll go with whatever you go with. Who you got, Rams or Packers? I think I got Packers. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, regardless of, you know, his, his production this year and how well he's been able to do, you know, it being kind of a toss-up, he he's going to produce here in Green Bay at night. I think he's got it. So I think that's uh, that's all for you know NFL picks. I had a few in there that uh, that I threw in just just off of feeling. But uh, this section that I want to move into right now is uh, something that has yet to be named, but for now let's just call it bracket battles. Bracket uh, battles. It's something that I was I was laying awake last night thinking about, you know what what I wanted to call this, and I, I hate that bracket battles was the was the best thing that I could come up with. <laughs> you lay awake at night to come up with bracket battles. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but been a little too serious. I think we have a lot of fun with this next segment, and uh, and so who who what is the theme of the bracket today? All right, uh, first first I'll explain what we're doing. Yeah, um, for sure. So in this, the goal is to put different things into a bracket. For example, today the topic is going to be best duos. Um, we're going to put we're going to put those in a bracket. Uh, we're going to battle them out until we get to a winner. We'll do that each week until we get a bracket out of all of the winners. And send those forward uh, in a final segment and see what truly is the best blank. Yeah, the best thing. Yeah. Uh, So today we're going to do best duos. So I'm going to pull up now a, uh, a bracket. 
All right. So we've started, we've uh, compiled the bracket. And uh, seems that our first one is going to be PB&J versus Snoopy and Woodstock. Uh, you know what I think. I, I think I'm going to have to go with PB&J over Snoopy and Woodstock. PB&J is so iconic. It's going to be – PB&J is definitely a front runner in my mind to win the whole tournament. So, there. Um, Bert and Ernie versus – Batman and Robin, I think a very, in my mind, a highly contested. Like, this is going to be more difficult. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd have to go Batman and Robin. It, they're just, they've been so synonymous for so many years. And I know Bert and Ernie have also been, but, but Batman and Robin. I think I'm going to have to disagree at least. It, let, let, let me say this. Batman, we also find Batman without Robin. We do not find Bert and Ernie separated. They are just as iconic and always a duo. It's right. always them two. Without Bert, there is no Ernie. Without Ernie, there is no Bert. I, I mean, that does make a good point. There have been multiple Robins. There have not been multiple Berts. They're all Berts. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, that is a pretty good case. Let's go Bert and Ernie. Burton, Ernie, it is. Next is Tom and Jerry and Lewis and Clark. Oh. Oh. Wow. Lewis, I mean, Lewis and Clark were were big, but, I mean, Tom and Jerry, they're they're one of the duos to to end all duos. Like, when you talk about, like, we're talking about Burton and Ernie, like, you're not talking about Tom or Jerry without the other. You're also not talking about Lewis or Clark without the other. Like, they are both very inseparable. Lewis and Clark obviously came first, has a little bit more uh, legacy. Um, but Tom and Jerry's probably the most well-known um, cartoon duo of all time. Yeah, they're up in there. I got to go I gotta go. Tom and Jerry with that one. I'll, I'll give it to Tom and Jerry. I think – or does Lewis and Clark get any points for being a – duo that work together and not just a, a hero and a villain. Well, and, and if you if you watch through Tom and Jerry a lot, Tom and Jerry are not as uh, they're not as as big of enemies as you would think. There's a theory going on actually that the only reason that Jerry always chases Tom is so they don't get another cat so the owners don't get another cat that would actually kill Tom. Because even, yeah, kill Jerry at, at the end, they actually, uh, you know, there, there's a few episodes where, where Jerry and Tom are actually like really close. I think, I think they're more, uh, more iconic for sure. All right. I'll go, I'll go Tom and Jerry. I like Tom and Jerry. You don't, you ain't got to convince me. All right. Wright brothers, Key and Peel. Now favorite duo, Key and Peel hands down. Most iconic duo. Wright Brothers is is definitely. Up I there. mean, yeah, I I I mean, Wright Brothers is is so like even people that don't watch you know cartoons, you you think of like who what is the duo that more people you know know about and associate with being a duo? Like, I if I ask my grandmother, 
you know, who are she the, don't know who Key and Peele is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, who is a duo that like she would probably think of the Wright brothers immediately. I, I'll, I'll get the Wright brothers. Key and Peele were doing Chappelle's show anyway, so um, that discredits them in my opinion. Even though I love Key and Peele, Shaggy and Scooby versus Buzz and Woody. Uh, I, I think I think Shaggy and Scooby take this pretty handedly. Um, I think Buzz and Woody is a good duo, but Shaggy and Scooby, as far as being, you know, completely inseparable and yeah. always with each other, and because even in the group, they're yeah. they're inseparable. Shaggy and Scooby win for me. Like I feel like that. That's it. The next one is Rick and Morty versus SpongeBob and Patrick. And I'll go ahead and say this. Having watched very little Rick and Morty in my life and very little SpongeBob and Patrick, I, SpongeBob and Patrick wins, in my opinion. But I'll, yeah. I'll hear what you have to say. Having watched all of Rick and Morty and all of SpongeBob up until like the very new one, I still say SpongeBob and Patrick. All right. So SpongeBob and Patrick, I mean, they're going to run away with something. They're going to run into a, a buzzsaw at Shaggy and Scooby, though. Um, Bonnie and Clyde versus Burger and Fries. This is their first, I feel like, completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, I will say this. Fries is the number one side at restaurants with burgers. I think the only place I can think of that sells burgers and not fries is Waffle House. Waffle House sells burgers and like hash browns. However, Bonnie and Clyde weren't even real. They weren't even like husband and wife. Yeah. I think they were, it was just like, like conjugal. So you, so you're arguing for burger and fries. I mean, in in your same thing as saying with that, where there's burgers, there is fries. I, I would argue where there is Bonnie, there is Clyde once they've escaped from prison. I mean, they're running yeah, the thing say, together. Yeah. Um, I mean, I honestly want to go Bonnie and Clyde here because if I think about the the legacy and legend of a duo, there are so many. Bonnie and Clyde is used. If I was going to say, you know, those two people were attached to the hip, I'm going to say they're like Bonnie and Clyde. I'm not going to say they're like Burger and Fries. That's also, I mean, that's I, just I, me. I agree with I, I'll agree with that. It, I think it's close, but Bonnie and Clyde is. Uh, I think that's a winner. Another another duo with a uh, food matchup: um, Doc and Marty versus Egg and Cheese, or Bacon and Egg. I think we changed that one to Bacon and Egg, didn't we? Yeah, Bacon and Egg. Um, bacon Egg's like a classic. I think either either way you put it, uh, Doc and Marty's going to win this. Uh, there's so many things that with egg that don't have cheese in it. Well, and that that's that's and my or, thing. Is like bacon. those three need to be together. It needs to be bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah. And then you're out of the duo. So they tried to slip in, but I agree with you. I think Doc and Marty beats them. Um, interesting one. Uh, ketchup and mustard. And what I don't know if you talked. I talked about with you, but Marlon and Dory. Ah, I'm trying yes. to find Nemo. But I believe – I feel like uh, Marlon and Dory were were a good duo at the time, but it sort of was only for one purpose for for Marlon. Yeah. And Dory was just 
I don't know. I didn't feel any real connection there. Even at the very end, there wasn't, there wasn't too much like connection. So you want ketchup. I, I mean, I agree with you. Ketchup and mustard could be an easy winner. Yeah. Um, I'll go ketchup and mustard. I mean, in my mind, ketchup and mustard and, and peanut butter and jelly are going to be, or are, are going to be on up there for me. Right. Um, Lennon and McCartney versus Mario and Luigi. In my mind, even though I love Lennon and McCartney as a duo, I do think that they're a bar of a bigger band, right? right. Um, I think Mario and Luigi are – it's them too. When you say Mario, you say Luigi. Right, and the Mario bros. Mario. <laughs> You've seen that thing, right, to where it's like if they're the Mario bros, mm-hmm. then that implies their last name is Mario, which means Mario's name is Mario Mario. <laughs> Yeah. And Luigi's <laughs> name is Luigi Mario. Yeah, I think that was actually confirmed. It, it, it is? So his name is Mario Mario? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that uh, Nintendo confirmed that. That's, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what do we have next? Ant-Man and Wasp versus uh, Fred and Barney Flintstone. And Ant-Man and Wasp had separate movies. I didn't see the Wasp one time in, in Infinity War. So you want those zones uh, here? Yeah, I think Fred and Barney take this easy. They're going to uh they're not gonna pass the next round, so I'm okay with it because the next um competition, the winner going on to meet the Flintstones will be mac and cheese versus Simon and Garfunkel. Man, I'm just saying I've never had macaroni and no cheese. I've had cheese without macaroni though. Yeah. I, um, I have issues about macaroni. But to be fair, I think I've listened to some Paul Simon stuff that it wasn't Simon and Garfunkel, so I've had I've had them separate. Um, I don't know. I'll defer to you. I love Simon and Garfunkel. Um, I also love mac and cheese. I, look, I don't think me ever saying macaroni has ever not been followed by and cheese. I think mac and cheese takes that. All right. So the next up is Sherlock and Watson versus Ben and Jerry. Right. Ooh. I mean, I, so, uh, well, with how we've been doing this, Sherlock and Watson, Sherlock was without Watson at times. Right. Um, ben and Jerry are together. Right. I, I think I, – I, I kind of want Sherlock and Watson, though. I mean, they've been around for hundreds of more years. They have a lot more of a legacy. And and I'll say it like this. Ben and Jerry is more of a brand than a duo now. I don't know where Ben or Jerry are right now, but I can only assume that they are either not alive or not together. I don't think they're still, you know, pumping out ice cream like that. Well, Ben and Jerry are most certainly still alive, I'm pretty sure. And I am not sure if they are still like hanging out on the regular, but let's see. Ben is still alive. Um, and Jerry is still alive. They're both still alive. They're like 71. Yeah. But I, I, I yeah, like how much are they hanging out on the regular now that they're not in the business? You know, they're, they're kind of just founders and so not really. CEOs. So I agree with you. And I, like I said, I think Sherlock and Watson should take it, even though I love Ben and Jerry ice cream. 
I like Ben Jerry. I think they do some great flavors. So it's overpriced, but uh, you know. Oh well, you know, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, Sunny and Share versus one that we debated, Mickey and Pluto. Right. Um, almost rather have Mickey and Minnie, but I do like the Mickey and Pluto. I think Sunny and Share is a. I mean, if I say Share. You, yeah. you you might not have to say Sunny, but you think about Sunny and Cher. Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll I'll take that. So that Sunny and Cher, fun. yeah, all right. Um, next one, interesting. Um, Solo and Chewbacca, Han Solo and Chewbacca versus Romeo and Juliet. All right. Uh, I, I think my uh, ninth grade English teacher definitely drove this into me that uh, Romeo and Juliet was not a good love story. No, they definitely um, barely knew each other, um, got together, and then killed themselves for each other, um, over each other. But I I will say, like, if I think about Romeo, like, Juliet's right there. I think about Han Solo without thinking about Chewbacca. But I also didn't watch Star Wars like you did. I watched that one of the, when they did the re, when they started doing these new ones, I watched the first one with you in theaters. But other than that, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. So I'll defer, you know, both of these. Who's going to have to go. I'm going to have to go solo and Chewbacca. They have history. They have, you know, they are the duo. That's, I mean, that's like the boys, Romeo and Juliet, like no history. Yes. I think about them together. But how good of a duo? How strong is their duo? I mean, good enough to kill themselves, yes. But also, like, when I was young, I I, I probably would have killed myself over something stupid, too. So, uh, then we have Kirk, Kirk and, Spock. and Spock and Salt and Pepper. I, I uh, have watched a little bit of Star Trek, and, and I know Kirk and Spock are this classic thing with you know William Shatner and um Nimoy but I I salt and pepper has to win this right yeah salt and pepper takes this so easily there's no real debate there all right so now we've kind of in the first time we we really hit on each um so this the bracket should get a lot quicker but the matchups are definitely getting more difficult um PB and J versus Bert and Ernie uh, Again, I think PB&J takes this. I don't think they take it as confidently as you just said that, but I will agree that if I sit here and debate, it'll be hard not to put PB&J through. But I definitely like Bert and Ernie and think that they are better than some of the other ones that will be moving through. Just want to make right. that known. Right. Tom and Jerry versus the Wright brothers. Another – now, this one is easy to me. Really? It's Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was going to say. No, if, if you had any uh, additional input. Shaggy and Scooby versus SpongeBob and Patrick. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, Shaggy and Scooby have to take it to me. I think Shaggy and Scooby are the pinnacle of cartoon duos. Yeah, I, it's, it's Shaggy and Scooby, um, you know, always on each other's side. I, all I keep thinking about when I think about duos is every time one of them is frightened, they jump into the other's arms. Right. There's always that constant back and forth. It's Shaggy and Scooby. Um, two that I think are both would lose to Bert and Ernie. Bonnie right. and Clyde versus Doc and Marty. Yeah. Uh, I think I am going to go Doc and Marty 
um, because I had a hard time putting Bonnie and Clyde through. I don't, I don't see them sitting up uh, good against Doc and Marty. I, I think, I mean, I went ahead and did Doc and Marty, but I, I, I almost, I don't know, Bonnie and Clyde are classic, even though I know you don't like them and they weren't actually married and anything like that, but Doc and Marty weren't married either, Barrett. Did you know that? I, hey, <laughs> he did almost marry his mom. That is true. He did. Or something of the sorts. I'll put Doc and Marty um, through this round. That way, in a later round, when we have a tie, I can win. Um, where I feel more passionate. Yeah. Ketchup and mustard versus Mario and Luigi. I, I'll i say this. Battle of the Titans. I don't like mustard very much. I definitely don't. I, I wouldn't prefer. I usually prefer not to have mustard on a lot of my things and i love ketchup i put ketchup on on a lot of things that i definitely don't put mustard on um i think mario and luigi takes this a little better in my opinion i will say i will let mario and luigi go through even though i think ketchup and mustard is an iconic duo and i'll say this that you're right i think a lot of people have an aversion to mustard i don't i love mustard i would i'd rather mustard and just very little ketchup but um i do think you're right a lot of people have an aversion of mustard so mario and luigi gonna be more of a duo for everybody um and we're the people's podcast right so um <laughs> we're a voice for the people we're doing this right this is important work um fred and barney flintstone are gonna lose to mac and cheese in my mind if you have any qualms with that let me know i, I don't that's so easy to me mac and cheese takes it um shh uh, another two that probably Vernon would be both Sherlock and Watson versus Sonny and Cher. Uh, I don't think, I, I think Burton Ernie versus Sherlock and Watson would be a better matchup would be, would be easier uh, argued than Sonny and Cher versus yeah. Burton. Yes. It's Sherlock and Watson definitely beat Sonny and Cher. Sherlock right. and Watson are definitely iconic. They're great. Solo and Chewbacca are about to lose, um, which is good because I think Romeo and Juliet might have should have won that round. Um, they're going up against Salt and Pepper. Man, that uh, that's so sad to see them fall like that. But I mean, you're looking at a powerhouse right here in Salt and Pepper. It's gonna it's gonna be hard to take them down. I'm waiting for the round to where we one of us brings up the fact that Salt lasted without Pepper for a long time, thousands of years. Salt did not have Pepper around. Now they can come to knowing each other, but Saul's a solo act for a really long time. Right. Something to think about. Um, but they're gonna run through Sherlock and Watson like they're nothing. Um, PB and J and Tom and Jerry. Definitely PB and J's biggest competition um so far. But they've already passed Burn Ernie. They gotta pass Tom and Jerry, don't they? Man, I think it's tough. I like I like both of them. PB and J is good. But sometimes I'm feeling a PB and B, peanut butter and banana and I mean, mayonnaise. Peanut butter does a lot of stuff. You just definitely like reveal that you were from the South when you say peanut butter, banana, and mayonnaise. <laughs> like <laughs> oh, we're only doing that down here. Um, peanut butter and jelly. I think peanut butter, like salt, does a lot of things on its own. Peanut butter I... does a lot of things on its own. Jer jelly needs peanut butter. Peanut butter don't need jelly. Um, Tom and Jerry both need each other. I want to put PB and J through, 
but I, I will I will let you choose. I I think Tom and Jerry takes it down barely. I think it's it, I think it's so close. I wish I could put both through. I don't know how PB and J came to this to where they didn't even make it to the final four. Um, but they did face some. I mean, Snoopy and Woodstock, Bert and Ernie, but they ran up against the only uh, animated character or, you know, um, character, fictional character group that we like more, which is Tom and Jerry, you know. Shaggy and Scooby, oh, speaking of another one, versus Doc and Marty. This one's easy. Doc and Marty had an easy ride into the final eight. Um, Shaggy and Scooby beats Doc and Marty. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree on that. Um, Dr. Marty were lucky to even be here. Cinderella story, but they had an easy path. Right. Somehow, Bonnie and Clyde was an easy decision for us. All right, Mario and Luigi versus Mac and Cheese. Now, I will say this to you. You, you, you got Mario and Luigi into the final eight, but I definitely think Mac and Cheese wins here. For the same reason Mac- you said earlier, every time you've said the word macaroni, you've thought and cheese. Yeah. Ma- I think mac and cheese beats this. Um, Mario and Luigi aren't mean. Mac and cheese wins. So next is Sherlock and Watson versus Salt and Pepper. Uh, it is so sad to see Sherlock and Watson fall. I mean, yes. I mean, but I mean, yeah, they were going to Salt and Pepper. Salt and Pepper wins. Salt and Pepper's going to have a hard time. Mac and cheese and salt and pepper both gonna have a hard time this next time because macaroni and salt and pepper, macaroni and salt both can do it on their own. Cheese can do it on its own. That's gonna be the key. Pepper needs salt. All right. But before we get there, a, a, a surprise, but not a surprise. Um, PB and J should be here. I just want to acknowledge that. Um, yeah. They should be here. But it's Tom and Jerry versus Shaggy and Scooby. It's a little bit easier because we can just look at two animated duos which one's the most classic and to me tom and jerry is more classic shaggy and scooby is a better duo so so i I throw that at you i'll point this out this is uh so there's this game i've been playing called multiverses it's a great game and it's all characters owned by warner bros and it's a fighting game like Super Smash Brothers. Okay. One of the best characters in the game is Shaggy. Scooby's not in the game. But who is, is Tom. His whole kit is centered around Jerry. Or, uh, yeah, his whole kit is centered around Jerry. All of his moves are like slingshotting Jerry. Like doing stuff with jerry but shaggy is in the game not not even messing with scooby i don't know if that is an argument or a fault in the game you're playing i don't know but i will say this how much of tom and jerry the tv show are is just tom or just jerry on the screen very little. I mean, normally they're in a chase scene. I would argue also the same for Shaggy and Scooby, though. When the crew splits up, Shaggy and Scooby are going together. They're not losing right. each other. But I have seen Shaggy and Scooby alone 
a lot more than I have seen Tom and Jerry alone. That it's such a difficult matchup for me. I, I think I want to let that debate lie. Talk about mac and cheese and salt and pepper, and then we'll come back and make our decisions. Okay. Does that mean let it fester a little bit? Think okay. about it, because I think you're leaning Tom and Jerry, and I think I'm leaning Shaggy and Scooby, and so I think we need to right. take a breath. Um, this next one I think is a little bit easier in my mind, but I did bring up a very good point earlier that contradicts what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Mac and cheese versus salt and pepper. Right. I think it's salt and pepper. I mean. I'm just at literally all I can picture is the thousands of little salt and pepper shakers. They're like little cutesy, niche things. Um, <laughs> salt and pepper. It means salt and pepper. Macaroni does its own thing sometimes. Cheese definitely does a bunch of other stuff. Salt yeah. can do a lot without pepper. But I, I mean, I think on every table you're seeing salt and pepper. It's all the time. I'll, yeah. I'll throw you another argument for, for salt and pepper, even though I know that salt and pepper has won this. We had egg and cheese in there. Is it really a duo if one of your duos is part of another duo? Exactly. Exactly. And, and egg and cheese, and bacon with it. And, and here's cheese trying to flirt with Mac. And so, I mean, salt and pepper definitely, definitely comes out on top here. And I think that that's the right decision um, from that group of the bracket. I mean, there was, there was a few other good ones from there. Um, ketchup and mustard probably should have made it. Mario and Luigi were good. But... If you had brought up that mac and cheese argument earlier, Mario and Luigi would be sitting here with salt and pepper. And, and I think we'd still be saying salt and pepper. Yeah. I don't think salt and pepper is losing any of them. What's surprising up here to me is that PB&J should definitely be going against salt and pepper. Um, and it's not. But we have Tom and Jerry and Shaggy and Scooby. And to me, you're leaning Tom and Jerry, aren't you? Right. Yeah. I am. Ugh, they're so both. I will give. Tom and Jerry, because Shaggy and Scooby, the same reason we kick Lennon and McCartney, is there is Fred and Thelma and Daphne. Right. They do play parts. It's a group dynamic. Shaggy and Scooby do little adventures on their own, but they're really part of a bigger group. Right. Tom and Jerry are Tom and Jerry. They only involve that dog every now and then and that grandma every now and then, but it's really just them. And I've seen less of Tom and Jerry than I've seen Shaggy and Scooby. I grew up on, on Scooby-Doo, you know? But I grew up on Tom and Jerry. I grew up on Tom and Jerry. So it's weird because you're arguing and I'm arguing. It is, it is another point that the show is called Scooby-Doo. However, Tom and Jerry is called Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry can pass. Tom and Jerry are going to have a hard time winning this next one. Man. P- PB and J should be here. Um, and yeah, they should. They should. That's all I'm going to say. Tom and Jerry <laughs> should not have beat PB and J. Tom and Jerry should not be in the finals. It's a Cinderella story. Not really. It's just like a, but they're a classic blue blood. They're, they're a, they, we always knew they were going to do well, but they just weren't seated very high. Um, I, I could say, like, I didn't expect Tom and Jerry to make it this far, but when I put it up against who I was thinking about, you know, they were up against, I just couldn't bring myself to vote against such an iconic, just like, it's Tom and Jerry. I have never in my entire life thought of Tom and not thought of Jerry or thought of Jerry and not thought of Tom. 
but I think we have to play a different game in this last one. Which is the there because both of these, when you think of salt, you think of pepper. When you think of pepper, you think of salt, right? You think of these together. Um, you 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 do you think of Tom and Jerry together? They're both classic. They both go back a ways. Which is the better duo? Man. Wow. I think, I think I think I made this argument at the very beginning when Tom and Jerry were matching up with Lewis and Clark, and then again when they were matching up with the Wright brothers, and then again when they were matching up with Peanut Butter and Jelly. I did not bring it up against Shaggy and Scooby, but I'll say this again. Salt and Pepper work together, okay? Mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry, despite your last few episodes where Tom may have been purposely not getting Jerry, I think that was more of a cartoon thing to keep the show running than an actual <laughs> – character trait of tom right salt and pepper work together and even though i do think this salt lasted a long time without pepper i think when pepper came along they're now one right if i go to subway right now their salt and pepper thing is in the same shaker (laughs) they just put it in the same shaker so when you ask for salt and pepper they just they don't have two separate shakers they're merging into one and subway is an example of that man I mean, it's so tough for both of them. I think I'll agree with you on salt and pepper. It's so hard to see Tom and Jerry fall. Um, I think that they were an unsuspecting powerhouse, but like when I think about their dynamic of how closely they are, just Tom and Jerry, they're one. Tom and Jerry is one entity. Salt and pepper is also one entity and does it stronger. So salt and pepper went. That's interesting. And so next week, uh, we'll have another bracket. And then after several weeks, we will put into a championship round. Salt and Pepper will be moving on to the championship tournament. Um, and they'll go up against, you know, whatever the other winners are. Right. Best vacuum cleaner. The best, (laughs) you know, whatever. Best appliance brand. And, and it seems like uh, it seems like salt and pepper is a powerhouse right here, but you got to realize that they are about to be going up against the best of the best. Salt and pepper made it. I think it's going to be a hard time being salt and pepper in any tournament. I'm just going to let you know, especially if I'm on the board of judges, which I am. So, um, well, uh, I think that's our show for today for this week. Um, got any other parting words? Uh, this has been the Encompassing Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, let us know feedback, anything that you want to know, and uh, go go eat a sandwich with some salt and pepper. <laughs> or PB&J, because that's what should be here. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys.